0: Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 20, The Watch Clicker Podcast with your hosts, Andrew and Daddy The Watch Clicker, Will. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Will, how
1: are you? I'm good. I, I had a, such a good day because my kids had a good day. They didn't try to kill each other. They laughed more than I think they have in the past month. So, it was it was a solid day all around, and this is after they gained an an hour of sleep. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna contribute to that. Did did y'all do anything special, or was
0: it just a a good day?
1: No, we just did dumb stuff. Like we went shopping. We went out to lunch at a little diner nearby. I mean, nothing special. It was just they were just having a blast. I don't know why, but I'll take it. It's so weird
0: th- the way like. Some days, kids are just totally fine. And then other days, you'd think that you're actively trying to murder them. Mm -hmm. And there's no difference between those days.
1: No. If you try to figure out what it was, you'll just go mad. You can't figure it out. Or or you'll become a bazillionaire by selling that book. Mm, That's what I need to figure out because I need to be a bazillionaire. I need to get that new Rolex titanium. Did you hear? They invented titanium this week.
0: They, they did the the tight the the, the, the tie I think is what we're gonna call it right Ooh, what a terrible name it it's also like I the first picture I saw of it I, I was a little bit torn by it I was like I think I might like this but I'm also pretty sure I hate this mm-hmm. it was kind of confusing. I'm still not f- fully decided on how I feel about that thing besides and the
1: that- awesome water resistance. Yeah, that's okay because you know you'll never get one anyway, so don't worry about it.
0: It's so water resistant you you will it you'll actually leave the water and and enter the Earth's crust if you try to <clears throat> max out your depth.
1: Yeah, um, I, I heard once you get to a certain depth, it actually just starts floating, and you just go back up.
0: It just it just takes you back with.
1: It. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I also had
0: a good day. We had some big old fat wet snow. So the kids were playing in the rain in snow clothes celebrating snow day on what? November the 6th? Is it the 5th or the 6th today? 6th. Uh, Whatever. Whatever day it is. <clears throat> yeah. yep, The 6th. And I don't ever remember getting snow here that early. Uh, it's like 35, 36 degrees right now and still kind of fat rain snowing. It was
1: 75 rain. degrees here today. It's weird. Gross. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Gross. I was I had flannel on earlier this week. Yeah.
0: Well, that's a gross temperature change. We're finally settled into fall. I think we're getting nice cool weather, rain. It's what I like. It smells like fall. Chimneys are smoking.
1: That's what I like too. The, the, the chimney smoke in the neighborhood just makes you feel feel good about life. Maybe that's why the kids were happy.
0: All, all the chimneys were sputtering when it was 75 degrees.
1: Yeah, that didn't make any sense, did it? No, that's okay. <laughs> it Something it, it, else flowed, that... it flowed over from Oregon and it made us here. <laughs> yeah, we're still on fire here, so
0: yeah, uh we <clears> should <throat> get into it because we have a unique episode today and it's not just that you're here. But there's some other people here. I have I have two guests with me in the studio, uh, the founders, owners, brains behind Foster Watches. I have Christian, who you all haven't met yet, and somebody else who you are familiar with in the way of my usual co-host, Everett. Gentlemen, Everett, how are you? Christian, thank you for joining us.
2: Oh, thanks. thanks for having me, guys. Great to be here. <laughs>
0: This is so weird. <laughs> I'm I'm <laughs> struggling a little bit. I'm like I keep looking at you like no, don't look at him. Don't look at him. It's not going to it's not going to make things better.
3: Andrew, I'm doing re- I'm doing really well. Thank you for having us. Awesome.
0: We're excited to hear about it. About this brand. Uh I'm sure many of you are familiar with Foster via a kind of guerrilla social media presence where we're seeing some actual photos, sort of the progression of the release as it's come closer and closer to fruition. Uh, So we're excited to be talking about this new brand and get to know primarily you, Christian, because we don't care about Everett. Um, We know (laughs) enough about him. But hear about this journey of brand starting with nothing, just a, a pencil drawing, to now I have two watches sitting in front of me and I think you're wearing one
1: And I yeah. have all three over here.
0: Yeah they're everywhere Coast to coast. So Christian, let's start with you. Let's start what what is up? how, how, are, how are you how does this happen? How does like who are you? What kind of stuff do you do? be as, as vague or specific as you like? And then how do how do we get to here to, to watches sitting in front of us?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's, those are the questions. Uh, I, I should start with a uh, disclaimer mm-hmm. of my deep sense of imposter syndrome being on this well-loved watch enthusiast show, knowing as little about watches as I do. So we should start there.
0: You know, you're in really good company for people who own a brand who know very little about watches. Yeah, that's that can confirm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this story, it starts uh, with T-ball. That's where it starts. Um, I and Everett both have young sons and uh, both decided to play T-ball one year. Has Wes played since then?
3: Uh, he has, yeah. He okay. played a season in baseball that was, between now and
2: then. That was my son, Lewis. That was his one season. And... Uh, and that's where Everett I met. And it led to hanging out outside of that and then led to playing golf out at Laurelwood one day. And then afterwards, just I found the watch world that Everett's was involved in super fascinating and just kept him asking him tons of questions about it. And I was like, well, have you, have you ever thought about making your own watch? And he was like, well, sure. In fact, I know exactly what I would do. But I just haven't had the means to pull it off and i said well let's figure it out that sounds fun so that's kind of how it started i I can
3: i concur with that story
0: (laughs) okay so we're we're just in a like let's let's roll the dice and find out so what what was interesting enough about a, a watch brand specifically that made you feel comfortable in in taking
2: that kind of risk? Um, I think it was really more uh, less about, in terms of thinking through the risk of it, it wasn't so much like, wow, this seems like a really unrisky bet. It was more like, I think Everett seemed like a good bet. Um, And his expertise and his enthusiasm um, and his, I think, particular vision for the kind of watch that he wanted to, to launch the brand with um it was all very interesting um and it seemed like a really fun project so i think i probably didn't spend much time thinking about the risk as much as i should have <laughs> no, no no that's that's that's, ex- that's exactly I the opposite. way
1: more about the fun
2: so. that, well that's that's the
0: thing and, and foster is unique uh, well not not unique but foster is a little bit different than a lot of the brands we see coming to market in that you're not crowdfunding you're not doing pre-orders you guys are, are all in ready to go. Was, was that a a deliberate choice or was that just, that's what made the most sense?
2: No, that was a deliberate choice. And that was actually Everett's choice. Um, again, I don't know, I'm not as familiar with the landscape in terms of the the ways that brands are coming to market, um, or launching new watches. And so, um, it makes good sense that people have done crowdfunding and things like that. But I think Everett was very clear if we're going to do this, that's, not how I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he he expressed that in his opinion that doesn't always go well. Um, it can kind of not hurt the brand out of the gate um, because of the kind of problems that can come up and that it would just be a lot more baller to just skip right past that and have a watch available when we launched, ready for ordering.
1: Yeah, that that's one thing that I really liked about what you guys are doing because I think I've said it on the show before that I do not like pre-orders, especially lengthy ones. I like to be able to order my watch and have it as soon as possible. So I have to commend you for doing that because I know that it takes a lot of capital and planning to get that all in confidence in your business too, to get that all sorted out logistically. So I have to commend you for that, especially as it's your first watch. Um, But I want to back up for a second, Christian, because I have a question for you. I recently made a new friend um, and He asked, you know, like, what what do you do, you know, outside of everything else, right? And I started talking to him about watch clicker and taking pictures and all this stuff. And it went down this rabbit hole of the the watch culture and, you know, all this crazy stuff. And he just found it mind-blowing, you know, that there's Instagram people that exist that just take pictures of watches and there's different strap makers and all that kind of stuff, right? Did you find that that was something that you experienced too? Like, once Everett started kind of explaining to you all the nuances of this culture where you were just like, I had no idea this world existed.
2: Yeah, I would say, I mean, I think it starts at an even higher level than that. Like just not knowing a ton about watches and timepieces before that, just learning about the history of timepieces, learning about movements. I remember at first, I ever first, it was like, just mentioned the word movement. I'm like, uh, what, what is that? Like the thing that's inside? Like, what is that? And, is that the battery? Yeah. Is that, is that where you put the battery? <laughs> um, so just like learning about movements and, uh, all the com- complications and all the different ways they're made and the different uh places they're made and um i just found this it was like this whole world kind of opened up that was just super fascinating let alone that there's a micro world right where mm-hmm. which is predominantly people that are taking their own risk making something because they love it right you know there's not a lot of spaces where that happens and it turns into a commercially viable project which is super cool You you know,
3: um, going down this rabbit hole, you know, creating a brand with Christian has been, I, I think educational for me in a lot of ways, you know, not just doing the things that need to get done to bring a watch to market, but going, you know, Christian, uh, probably won't brag on himself, but Christians started, um, brought to success many companies. He's, he's sold companies for huge amounts of profit, um, he's he's a successful businessman and so uh, approaching this in the way that i had learned to approach this by way of my experiences with 40 and 20 and watch clicker uh sometimes created tension between christian you know why, why would we do that that way why why wouldn't we do it this mm-hmm. way and I don't, well because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know this is the way people do it and well, well we should think about doing it this way and there have been efficiencies we've found um, you know, at, at this point, small efficiencies. But I think moving forward, we're we're seeing perhaps bigger efficiencies that we might want to take part of. Um, and, and just having a, a different um, ha- having a dr- different frame of mind being half of the equation. I think I did this. We've done this differently than I would have done it had I just done it by myself. The decision that we made early on not to crowdfund Meant you know we have to figure out how much everything is going to cost and and we didn't we <laughs> we didn't figure it out you know there's that, things
2: the, that, the the budget has shifted
3: yeah there's <laughs> things we you know <laughs> hadn't anticipated and time time periods we hadn't yeah. anticipated no, it took way and, longer than we thought i would yeah, say yeah maybe so double we my first drawings of the eleven atmos i believe are from november of 2020 so w- which was a weekend we had gone golfing and, you know, as he said, he was like, do you know what watch? And I'm like, yeah, I know exactly what it looks like in my head. And he was like, well, let's figure it out. And so I went home and made drawings and sent them to Christian. That's two years ago, basically almost exactly right now. And we so, just now are ready to go to market. So,
2: so. in that sense, this business is literally a back and napkin business. Like, yeah, literally. No, yeah. yeah, it is. <laughs> That's how this thing started. Yeah. So
1: Christian, You said or Everett said that, you know, there were some things where you're like, well, I would have done it this way or, you know, vice versa. What what do you think was the the craziest thing that you saw that uh, would have been something that you would have done differently if it was not in a watch industry?
2: I think a lot of the points where we've bumped up back and forth on that have less to do with the things that we've done, but maybe more about the things that we're going to do and how that's gonna work. So You know, I'm very much focused on, like, how do we market this? How do we sell this? Um, And I see it somewhat as a challenge of, you know, we have built this for the enthusiast market, but I'm very curious to know, is it going to be viable outside of that, right? Like, so Mm -hmm. can it scale big? Can we somehow create uh, a brand that um, would actually appeal to... I keep thinking of myself as, like, the primary avatar for this business, right? It's um, a watch that is attractive enough for somebody who wants a timepiece and has a very cursory knowledge of the watch world, they'll be like, yeah, that's the watch I want to get. Um, maybe I'll own three watches, but that's going to be one of them, um, I think, and sort of figure out how is that possible um, and what does it look like and what are the avenues that we can take. But the challenge is always going to be, there's certain, there's certain things we could do, but if we did them, we risk losing the core market that we're going to launch into. Right. And that's been tricky. We've had tons of conversations around that. Um, It's actually reminds me of sort of the first project that I ever did, which was in the academic. I built an online journal in the academic market for uh, like humanities academics to write in and really wanted to figure out how to monetize it. And then realized there's no, like, if I monetize it, that it'll die. Like, Mm -hmm. people won't want to write for it anymore. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that. Go ahead, Andrew. I
0: I think that's a a really unique positioning for Foster, which I promise we will talk about, is (laughs) is we see a lot of brands that are, you know, two, three, four enthusiasts, just straight enthusiasts, or one straight, let's capitalize on this market business mind. And this I think the partnership here is gonna is is really uniquely positioning your brand to, to transcend into both of those worlds because Everett cares entirely too much about what the watch looks like meeting all of the needs of every enthusiast and you're like, no, no, fuck those guys. There's 12 of them. <laughs> and they all have neck beards. <laughs> like we want that. We want those twelve people to buy our watch, but also, how do we get like their their normal friends to buy it also? And that that pairing and, yeah. and tempering of each other is is I think going to be a really cool. Is to see this brand grow.
2: Well, I mean, what's int- I just came back. I just got back two days ago from a week long like Mastermind conference in Miami with all these kind of high level marketers and business owners, online business owners, and um, you know, which by the way, these are like. This is people way out of my league. Like I'm hanging out in groups of people, and I, like I'm looking at people's wrists, and I'm like, oh my god, these are all the watches I've seen in like magazines and stuff. <laughs> like, this is crazy. Uh, and um, but a couple guys were also like enthusiasts, and and you know, there, there's this one guy, super sweet guy, he had a different Rolex on every night we were there, and uh, and then at the last day, we'd been hanging out a whole bunch. The last day, he finally sees. Uh, my watch. I was wearing my prototype. I have the prototype. Everett won't give me one of the real ones. I still have the prototype. <laughs> he um, hasn't given me
0: any. If that makes you feel better, <laughs> oh, that things a
2: little <laughs> bit better. Yeah. And uh, so I had the orange dial prototype, and and we're I'm about I'm just saying goodbye to this guy, and he goes, like, Oh wow, look at that! And he, what is that? And I explain it to him, and he's talking about how uh, he's like, you know what, my favorite watch that I have is my G Shock that my dad bought me when I was like 15, and and so he's like, I got, and he's like, when my grandpa dies. I don't care about anything else in the state. I just want a Seiko. That's all I want. Right. So oh. he's, he kind of gets it. He just also can afford really nice watches. It, it, but, it, but we had this conversation about this market and how what we're trying to do. Cause a lot of these guys don't, aren't even aware that this. I mean, these guys don't know this market exists, right? That this, this group of enthusiasts that have micro brands. So I say micro brand and they're like kind of confused. Um, but I was saying like, yeah, this, cause these guys are marketers, right? So they're used to like buying something relatively cheapy, cheaply and being able to market it up a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, the audience that we're launching into is gonna know what the value is of every component in this watch. And they're gonna be like, you guys are full of shit because you priced this by fifty dollars more than it should be. They're gonna know. And so we have to, to the be, dollar what yeah, you paid for yeah, it. exactly. Yeah, so yeah forget like, forget fifty dollars. What other marketing world is there when that happens? <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be fifty cents.
1: <laughs> yeah, fifty yeah. cents over MSRP. <laughs> yeah. So
2: that, I mean, that's a huge challenge, right? It's, uh, but again, that's this weird. It's this interesting place where people are doing it. They're having commercially viable businesses selling to people that know the ins and outs of their businesses way more than any other company that's out there.
3: And 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 I think I think there's a thing here. I think that if you can be successful, if you can be successful in the enthusiast market, you can shift that. Your margins might be smaller, but if you can find a place in the enthusiast market, then that can be that can be communicated more easily to the bigger picture. Right? It's one of those things. It's one of those credibility points that maybe someone doesn't even know it exists. But it will have an effect on our ability to be able to market the watches. So we've you know we've it's cer- if, not,
2: if nothing else, it's certainly like a, a very rigorous uh, you know quality vetting process.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we've spent two years having these conversations at this point, and I think we're for the first time really comfortable where we are moving forward. Um, you, you know, there's a lot that needs to happen before we're really comfortable with where we're at but I think we're, for the first time, really comfortable on where we go from here.
1: So if we could maybe shift a little bit and talk a little bit about the watch for you know people who aren't familiar with it. Um, and I, I'd love to hear, especially Everett, because you've had this in your mind for so long and to see it yeah. come to fruition, um, maybe some of the details... I'll just talk the the listeners through a little bit about the watch and then you can you can expand on this. But some of the details that you had in your mind, did they come out the way you wanted them to? Or did you improve upon things as you were prototyping and all that kind of good stuff? Um, So for anybody who's not familiar with this watch, uh, go check it out on Instagram, first of all. But it's a skin diver and it's. I don't want to say vintage-inspired because I feel that term is a little overused, but it's an aesthetic you guys are going for, I think, for. Or I think, right? Um, you know, minimal text on the dial, high-contrast dial, a really nice bezel, which we'll talk about, and that that case that kind of... If you look at it from the top, it looks a little flat, but it's not. It's got a really nice curve to it, and it hugs the wrist nicely. Uh, and the Everett, I said this to you about the bracelet... It's, it's not jingly jangle. It's got a little flex to it, but it's solid. So, I mean, in a nutshell, that, that's what you're getting with this watch. So the first thing I'd like to know is, was there something that you had in your mind that you couldn't do just because of, um, technical limitations or, you know, anything like that? Yeah, well,
3: uh. So first, I'd like to give a, a little bit of credit to our, my friend, our friend Bo, at aggressive timing habits on on Instagram, social media. You know, he's written for Two Broke Watch, Snobs. I mean, he's just a he's just a dude. He's been in the space for forever, and he's been a close friend of Forty and Twenty for since just about the beginning. Uh, I, I talked to Bo a lot, and this watch um, sort of gelled during a conversation with Bo, um, or at least the the opening pitch for this watch but it's not the watch that we have here um, I was talking about wanting to get a a 70s late 60s early 70s style skin diver so if you can imagine the department store you know Montgomery Ward or Sears you know the, the skin diver that would have been in the jewelry counter in 1969 um, in including Including several things, I wanted to have a folded bracelet, stamped clasp, um, hollow end links. Uh, you, you know these these trappings of yesteryear, wonderful watches, but with a different quality of manufacture. And so, when we initially pitched this idea, um, that was that was the pitch, right? So you know, try to get something extremely inexpensively made that you could put into people's hands a high quality modern watch but with these vestigial um things that i think people would think were downgrades today things that i kind of like you know i love those old bracelets quickly became apparent talking to oems that that, you know their, their a is zero cost savings because nobody does this anymore so you're gonna have to find manufacturers who do this and so at those quantities you know you're, you're gonna wind up spending almost the same amount of money which means you have to sell it for the same amount of money so we're talking about a hollow end link
0: make it worse
3: folded bracelet <laughs> uh for you know 450 bucks probably right and, and and at some point it just didn't make sense and so then we kind of backed up we sort of hit the drawing board and said okay well let's do this then let's do this right let's make a totally modern watch, but still do all the things, still do all the things we want. So the, from the get go, this watch was titled the 11 Atmos skin diver. And, and that, that made it through today. Um, in terms of the aesthetic top down, this watch is exactly that watch that we designed. Um, you, you you know, without any differences, we had, considered like a bakelite bezel this as as you know well and as you you folks at home will be able to see is a one-piece stainless steel pvd coated bezel with painted numerals uh not bakelite which <laughs> bakelite would have been rad but also just what didn't didn't work for us
0: like you lose the the feel of the the reimagining of that 1969 jewelry counter you, you suddenly become not like this cutting edge, super accessible thing, but you you get pushing into like actual like expensive cool shit.
3: Yeah, that that's right. Well, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and and bakelite that's actually a common material on watches that had this same aesthetic from the seventies. You know, uh, you see them sometimes and they're all worn down and rubbed to shit. Um, but but frankly, that didn't work. And, and so this is a stainless steel. I mean, the only material or finishing decision on this watch that is perhaps not totally modern. We did maintain that acrylic crystal and that was super important to me and and i think christian being a laurier owner someone who's really into laurier's watches and what they're doing he got that 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 was the nice thing from the beginning he was like yeah i i have this laurier i get it i know what i kind of know how you do that thing that you're talking about mm-hmm. and so there was no disagreement there we were both like yeah acrylic is the way to go
1: everett um, if i could interrupt you yeah on the on the acrylic crystal please um, yeah I, I don't think it's a secret that um, people will start seeing photographs of this watch that i have taken and one thing i i, I remember messaging more. you yeah <laughs> one thing i remember messaging you was the the light the way that it hits this crystal is so good with this dial it, it just looks awesome and it's it's something you lose when you use sapphire and yeah sure sapphire is great you know it scratch resistant all that kind of good stuff and
3: it's a superior uh, material in so many ways
1: sure I- exactly but I think brands like Laurier have proven that there is a place for acrylic and that it looks really good when it's used the right way um, so it you know if, if, if someone's listening to this show and they're like oh I hate acrylic crystal I mean go go out and look at something that has it go look at a speedmaster if you can find one um, and you'll see why it looks good
0: acrylic crystal is is the heart of a watch, right? When, when, no, no, no. So if you put Sapphire in this watch, you lose all the coolness of this watch. I think a lot of it, yep. Watches Mm -hmm. that have good acrylic execution are built around acrylic. It's not, that wasn't like an afterthought. It wasn't, oh, we're gonna go with acrylic just for because. It's this watch is designed because it, it's going to have an acrylic crystal. The entire design language is around being enhanced by being seen through
3: acrylic, right? Right? You, you know, I I do I do love the way the dial looks. Uh when in you know, I've seen obviously all of your pictures at this point will and uh or at least your first set of pictures. Uh and and it looks really stunning and I think a lot of that is attributable to to that crystal. You know, you get that mm-hmm. kind of bend on the side and it pushes the light in just such a pleasant way yeah i'm, I'm a huge fan and and i love the way it feels and uh yeah i'm, I'm a huge fan
1: and you can polish it Yeah, <laughs> that's right <laughs> you don't have to lick it clean
3: <laughs> yeah a cynic might say you have to polish it but yeah that's right you can if you need to yeah so you, you know the the watch kind of is what it is right we 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 had some sort of design aesthetics that I think we were going after. Um, You you know, I really love a Japanese dive watch and um, anybody who, anybody who has been in the watch world for even a little while, will see some of those cues, you know, our, our markers, everything we we drew this whole thing, but uh, some of these markers, this, these markers feel very Japanese to me, maybe even a little bit Seiko ish. Um, our technical, our original technical notes for the renders on our bracelet, say Z, you know, in parentheses, Z199. So there are some, there are some aesthetics that we went for here that harken back to other things, but at the end of the day, everything's, everything's ours. You know, we, we went back and forth with our original render drawer, uh, like three times on the proportions of the links on this, what I'm going to call a Jubilee bracelet, because I think that's what people that's will call Jubilee. it. Um it, You know, I, I want the middle links to be a little bit wider and the outside links to be narrower. Um y- You know, we we just knew kind of what it was supposed to look like, and we kept refining it until it looked the way we thought it was supposed to look.
1: Did you have... um did you have trepidation in saying those that like we want the links to be these dimensions and that dimensions to where you were like, are we making the right decision to when you get a prototype? Because you have to put money into that to get the prototype. Hmm. You know, what 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 was your thought process there? You know, did was were you not holding back like we just got to go for it or were you like, all right, if we need to prototype a couple times, let's just do it if we need to.
3: What do you think, Christian? I, maybe I have you add to that?
2: Um, <clears throat> I felt like we were pretty direct with what we wanted right out of the gate, and then we got the prototype. It was pretty. We did one prototype really, and then there was a couple minor tweaks that we never re-prototyped for. Yeah, we just had them change, like this, you know, it was the end leak piece and things like that. But it was like it was. We got most of the changes done in one set uh, between the first prototype and the now the production model. So. Yeah, I, I feel like you were, both of us were like, this is what we want. It's this.
3: You, you know, we've been super fortunate to work with really great people. You, you know, doing what what Andrew and I have been doing now for four years or so. Um, I, I've met so many great people. Uh, Derek, a.k.a. Chico LeBrons from EMG, was with us from the very get-go on our renders and really helped us understand, you, you know, the, this is what needs to happen in your drawings um we hooked up pretty early with um the Swiss watch company guys and and talked to them um and, and ultimately we've we've worked with uh, a number of brands including our OEM uh, and and just had a fantastic experience in terms of advice, feedback. Um you, you know, here here's here's what might happen if you do things that way. And so I think that part of our part of our success in terms of getting a product that was the way we wanted was having folks um, around us that were able to educate us on on what might work and what might not, and then ultimately um, being confident to say, "No, this isn't right." You know there there was only one there was only one issue that happened the whole entire production. And that was an issue with the M link. And when we got our production prototypes, the end links came in and they just weren't right. And I told, I said, Christian, this isn't right. And, um, I, I think you were kind of like, I, I don't see, I don't think, I don't agree with you Everett. I, I think they're fine. And, and and I think I had kind of a similar conversation with Andrew. I said, this isn't right. And he said, okay, well you should get it right, but I'm not seeing what you're saying. And
0: uh, I saw it, but I also, I didn't have the same heartburn over it. Cause it's not right. my watch.
3: Right. <laughs> didn't, yeah, not the same investment in it yeah we went back to the oem and i said this isn't going to work um you, you know we need to make this better in fact i picked up a phone and and i said I, you know we gotta what, what can we do here how can we figure this out and it, in their defense uh those guys were so good and they went back to the factory and they pushed them and we got a product an end product that's fantastic. So working with good people, relying on your sources, um, trusting people, but not trusting people so much that you change the things you're doing, um, finding that balance between what you want and what other people are telling you is right. Um, I I think we've just had a great opportunity and great support systems and we're able to put together a watch that I know we're both really proud of. Christian, I Uh,
0: I have a question for you about that whole process. So Everett is intimately familiar with that process uh, independent of, of being a watch brand owner, like knows that back and forth struggle knows those little tweaks. What was like your experience going through that of, of finding the things that you wanted to fight over and, and what were the things that you were like, I don't see it. Whereas ever it's like, no, this is fucking disaster. Like table flipping kind of this is not what i want this is not the thing you're not doing it right and i'm just, i'm wondering how that balances cuz you know everett and i have been seeing that with brands for a long time like he he knows you can push on these OEMs what was your experience from from a non watch enthusiast uninformed kind of going into it
2: yeah what well, that's a good question and uh, um first of all uh there's been you know we we have multiple Little challenges or struggles, struggles not the way it we're, but like tug and pulls, you know, of, of things that we've, we've already kind of alluded on the marketing end. But um, I'm, I'm part of it is like, you know, there's part of me that wants to be way more in the background on this mm-hmm. and just be like, I'm helping you do your project. And no, no. that's been a struggle. He's like, no, we're partners on this. Um, like, if we go to an event, you have to come. <laughs> and if <laughs> like we're doing things, we're doing it together. Um, and so I was, because I'm just, you know, like starting off saying I have imposter syndrome. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't, usually the one that knows this stuff, not me. Like why? And, but to his credit, um, not only has he said, we're not going to do that, but he's actually meant it. And there's been elements where, you know, I'll just, as I'm looking at watches and kind of learning about all this world, be like, I kind of like this element of this design. And he'll be like, huh, I don't know. He does this nice thing where he won't just come out and say, like, that's a terrible idea. He'll kind of be like, oh, that's interesting. you know? And then, uh, but then come back and say, like, actually, I thought about that. and That's a good idea. I think we should do that. Um, and so there's a couple pieces of this, I think, that I've had my hands on um, that feel good to look at that and felt like, and not only that it got included, but that, like, I ever thought it was a good idea to include it. Mm-hmm. And there's reasons behind it. So not just a... Not just an acquiescence to like, well, we got to make Christian happy, so let him put the thing in there, right? <laughs> it's not like that. Um, um, you didn't
0: fight for the 11 at the in the 11 o'clock marker, and I, I really wish one of you had.
2: I did not. In fact, I was like, that seems a little gimmicky. And then he finally was like, yeah, that's, we'll move it. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I do That was on the original drawings. <laughs> I do
3: expect one custom dial.
2: With the 11? Yeah.
3: Yeah, we'll, we'll probably do a limited edition at some point. Yeah.
2: For folks, you for, if, if, you,
3: if you know, you know, uh, there was an original drawing that had an 11 on the 11 o'clock marker. And in my mind, it's an awesome thing. But the, the masses spoke confidently enough that we did pull it.
2: Yeah. Fuckers. But I was, in terms of working with all the different partners, first of all, I mean, that's... That, was the main draw to this, right? Not just, hey, here's my friend who's got an idea he's passionate about, but it's like, no, Everett knows the people, right? He knows the way to get connected, all the people, and who we should turn to for help. So he's he's been, you know, the guide for our team on where to go and who to talk to and have found great partners for us to work with. And I still, I, I was thinking, as you are talking about it earlier, Everett, the process, uh, the thing that was most fascinating to me, and I feel like, and I don't know how to quite capture... The synergy involved in this but to go from your two-dimensional pencil drawings to a 3d render was incredible right could yeah. capture I mean as will noted earlier could this it from head on this just looks flat right and to, the the subtleness of the curvatures um, that somehow they got captured without having to go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth on that to kind of get it right off the bat was pretty pretty impressive you, you know i think Can we w- talk
0: about that case curve too yeah let's let, yeah i i was That's a unique a unique design element that i i think is that we really need to talk about today you, mm-hmm. you know
3: we andrew you and i have talked to 150 maybe 100 different brand owners on this show about what, what went into their design uh and, and some of those i i think were designing watches based on what they knew some of them were designing based watches based on what they wanted um, I, I kind of did a, a little bit of both when I was drawing this out. But at some point, I'm not a watch designer, right? I do not have... Well, you a, are, actually. I, I am literally a watch designer, but I don't yeah. have a background in watch design. I don't have um, any sort of traditional training in watches. And so there were things that I wanted to do that I just knew or, or thought very confidently would work. And so I drew them that way our first OEM that we hired we we had at least tentatively hired an OEM and it was like almost instantly that we started getting pushback we we started getting pushback on our crystal we started getting pushback on the shape of the case and little things that i thought this this pushback isn't it, it doesn't make sense like i appreciate that you're You're pushing back on things, but you're pushing back on things in in a way. I know know your pushback's not real. I know that these things can be done, at least some of them. So I don't have any confidence in you. Mm -hmm. And we fired them, and we went and interviewed two other companies, and both of them were fantastic, by the way, and it was a really hard decision, and ultimately hired a company. And they were just instantly like, yeah, we can do all of that. Your case looks rad. We can do that. Um, you, you know, well, and it was just a matter of a 90 degree uh, and a zero degree drawing. And just those two drawings were be, were able to be turned into a 3D model. We just got we didn't even expect it. We got a <clears> text one day or a WhatsApp message, and it's got like this file in it. You open it up and you can move the watch around in, you know, three dimensions. And it was like, wow shit yeah. sorcery yeah. We, we look what we did yeah it was awesome <laughs>
1: so, so I, I, have a, I have a question about that so were there anything were there things that you wanted to do that were technically not possible because I know when I review watches sometimes I will criticize a brand and say they could make this thinner and I'm sure they read the review and say I hate you because I know that that is not possible were there any things that you ran into like that where it, it it just wasn't possible? You had to adjust what you needed to do.
3: No, I I, I don't think so. I, I mean, the answer is yes, and I'm gonna gi- I'm gonna give you a quick anecdote. But but at the end of the day, look at brands like Chopard. Um, you you know, look at these brands that that do magic things. The answer is no. There's nothing that we couldn't do. the The question is, how much m- money is it going to cost? And and once you've done those things, are you still giving the people who are going to buy this watch a value? If this <coughs> is a four thousand dollar watch, does anybody buy it? I think the answer is no. Probably and so not, it's yeah. it's balancing it's balancing um, those things. There was one thing that our current OEM was like, we can't do this, and. We need to think about something else. So this was drawn up as a one-piece bezel. And when we first sent our tech drawings in, we got feedback that the factory would not warranty QC on a one-piece bezel because we have a 48-click bezel. So it was specified at 48 clicks, and they say you either have to... Which I want to talk about in a second. We'll come back. You, You either have to increase the amount of clicks or you need to do an insert because at 48 clicks the margin of error is too high. So at 60 clicks that's our minimum margin of error and even then we're going to burn some money on that and we're going to charge you a little bit extra for it. 120 clicks is easy. You can do one one piece 120 clicks all day long because each click is so small that if it's off a little bit you're fine, right? As as we all know with Seiko.
0: But they don't even care if it's off hmm. a little bit. They can just they can go off a lot and they're hmm. fine.
3: With 48 clicks, with 48 clicks, you have a huge amount of margin of error. And they were like, we're not going to be. So we made the decision for our initial prototypes, and we've got pictures of these to do an insert. And between the time that we got our initial prototypes and the time we went back, our OEM found tech to do, found engineering to do this one piece bezel with 48 clicks. It's got, um, like a, a movable ball bearing right so you it's got a ball bearing component that you can reset at different locations based on how much you're off so if you're off a degree and a half or 3 degrees or whatever you you figure which, out where you need to move it to which
0: means nothing to the consumer that's purely a like a, a brand and above level issue to deal with what it
3: means to the consumer yeah. is you're going it, to it's cheaper yeah because we're not having all these QC errors and your bezel is going to be aligned your bezel is going to be aligned. That's what it means. Yes. So you don't guys solved Seiko's problem
1: it. for them. For them, uh, pretty soon Seiko will be aligned. Be the ch- be the change you want to see in the world. You guys did it. <laughs> So that was an issue,
3: right? That was an issue. We didn't think we were going to be able to do it. We had made the decision, and, and, and our OEM came back to us and was like, we think we got this solved, and in fairness, we're, we're good. We've got a one-piece bezel. This is exactly what we wanted, and problem solved. So, but we thought we were going to have to compromise on that.
1: So I want to talk about the 48 clicks because not, not so much because you're doing a 12-hour a bezel that it's unusual, I think it's more unusual in all of watches, right? You usually see 120 um, or 60. GMT, Mm -hmm. sometimes you'll see the 48 or uh, what are they, 72 sometimes, something like that.
3: I think Monta does a 48, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, What made you land on the 48?
3: Christian shrugs his shoulders at me. Uh, I, frankly, I just think it's cool. I, you, you know, people have asked like, does this do anything? I mean, you know, when we talk about 120 clicks or 60 clicks or, you know, bezels, like there's always a reason, right? Uh, this, this accomplishes this goal that's really inapposite in, in daily wear. uh, for me, I just wanted to have four clicks to an hour. So this is a dual time, right? It's a 12-hour it's bezel, meaning it, it functions as a dual time. And I am able to, you know, when I traveled to New York, I think we stopped in Vegas. Where was I for Denver? Seattle. Seattle. Seattle, whatever. At, at some point, I needed to move this thing an hour. And I, and I demonstrated to Andrew. I was like, look at this. I can just go one, two, three, four. Four and moved it back, and it was it had moved an hour, right? It and, and you could do that with different, you know. Obviously, you could do that with a sixty or whatever. But having that four clicks is just such a sharp and fun it, and tactile experience. It doesn't do anything, right? Well, uh, but it's fun. I, I think, like the way it feels.
0: I think I disagree. I think I think fewer clicks is is more better. And and the yes, reason I think it that is a uh, uh, hundred twenty clicks. You can't count your clicks. You must be looking at your watch to mm. accurately adjust your bezel, which is problematic when you're thinking about setting timing that you really need. And I, and I think a dive timer, right? If you if you have to look at your watch to set your timer, that's that's a little bit problematic. But with, with a 60 click and a 48 click you know exactly how many clicks you need to feel to get your timer set and it's bi-directional so if you overgo mm-hmm. if you push one you don't have to fucking go all the way around again <laughs> and risk an extra <laughs> 13 instead of 12 clicks yeah so that that tactile feedback with that wider range of motion every click locks firmly into place it takes some ass to move it into the next position it's not going to happen on accident and you can accurately count your your rotations
1: yeah so i would like to and it looks cool it it does and i would like to i'm hoping this comes through good on the audio because i want to spin this bezel and i'm wearing the pelagos 39 which is the best 60 click bezel i've ever used i want to spin them back to back because this is really good on the foster all right, so I'm going to do the foster first. I'm going I'm going back and forth. And here's the Pelagos. It's hot. <laughs> the Pelagos so, sounds
3: super flimsy.
1: It does, right? It sounds like it's going to fall <laughs> off. No, <I'm> just... <laughs> Fully aroused. Um, but I, I I think you guys did a good job in and I think it's because, Christian, I'm not discounting you at all. Please don't take it this way. But I think it's because Everett has been in this world so long that he knows the things that he's he's like, I hate that about, you know, these watches. And, you know, I want I would do it this way if I had my own brand. And now he's doing it because he has his own brand with you, Christian. Um, you know, it's I think that's the reason why that, you know, we're talking through some of this stuff. And yes, Everett, you're our friend and coworker and all this kind of stuff, but It's a objectively good watch for the reasons that we've been laying out, you know, throughout this in this interview, Um, you know, and I, I like those things like a really good bezel that isn't 120 click because I'm not a diver. I find 120 click bezels absolutely useless. I want 60 clicks or less. And I like something like this. That's a little bit different. It's 48. It's fun. Well, and, and, and it's, can, a, it's can kind I, of a
0: technological achievement. Like something cool happened here. Nobody who buys this watch is going to care. Nobody cares. But they should care because this, the, the I, and I, I'm going to take the time to talk about it because you didn't when you were talking about the case. This is a curved case back with a depression to, or it's not a curved case back. It's a flat case back mm. with a recessed cut into the case to allow for the case curvature to keep this case very thin. And we're not the only yep. ones to do that do that. You're not They're- the only ones doing yep. that. But this has a 48-click 48, 48 bidirectional bezel that required a technological achievement to... To make it possible, there's a lot of cool things packed into this affordable in fairness, watch. You didn't, you didn't pioneer. That wasn't this.
3: our engineering. So That's
0: somebody else's engineering. You we didn't just pioneer this. I understand that, and I'm not going to give you credit for pioneering it. I am going to give you credit for incorporating it into this watch. Right? There's, this is stuff available to everyone, and not everyone's doing it.
3: Correct. I do think it. I do think it's important to kind of step back here because this watch is. Um, I'm so happy with it, right? I, I've been wearing it. It's like the watch that I want to wear all the time. It, it's like my baby, right? So you want to spend time with your kids and you want to wear your own watch. Uh, and so that's that's happening. But still, I just really enjoy it. But I think it's important to note kind of the tongue-in-cheek aspect of this watch from the get-go. I mean, the name is tongue-in-cheek. For those, for those who haven't picked up uh, on the Name 11 Atmos that is a reference to Andrew and Everett's.
0: Don't refer to yourself, on the third Andrew, person. and
3: my God. objective watch ratings, right? Where you get 10 points for every 10 meters of water resistance up to 100, and then one for anything else, right? So, anything north, and anything, anything extra, like yeah, south, a- anything additional. Uh, so we. We named this watch the 11 Atmos before we had drawn it or anything because, uh, you know, the idea is this has got what you need and nothing extra. I do believe, and and our OEM and factory have has confirmed, this could be water resistance approved to much less. Screw down crown, it's got a pretty bulky case. Deeper.
0: Much deeper, not less water you mean, Yeah,
3: you mean more. We,
0: yeah, yeah, more, more. So we could <laughs> easily one meter sell. of water resistance on this skin diver. <laughs> we could if it is humid have,
3: outside, it falls apart. Yeah. <laughs> we could easily have this marked 150 meters, perhaps more. Right. Mm-hmm. So we haven't tested it because there's no need to. We wanted it to be a, a watch that gives you what you need and and doesn't doesn't make a show of of doing. You know, this isn't a 10,000 meter watch. It's not a 300 meter watch. It's not even a 200. It's 11. It's eleven. We turned it up it, to eleven, and then we stopped turning. There will be uh, watch clicker and
0: forty and twenty swag sent to anyone who puts us in a pressure chamber to test it. <laughs>
3: That's true. We we yeah. can, pro- we can I, promise. I can't that.
0: promise Foster swag, but I can promise uh, watch clicker swag. Yeah. Ooh, we we yep. should
2: have come up with that tagline though, Foster. You could always do a little less. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can. I know use- what you do for a living right now.
3: <laughs> I think we can still use that. So th- I mean, this watch isn't supposed to be serious. It's not supposed to be uh, technical. It's not supposed to be an engineering marvel. It's supposed to be a watch that's fun, enjoyable, sexy, um, and and just cool, right? This is an enthusiast watch in a lot of ways, but it also eschews a lot of the things that we see in quote unquote hypey enthusiast watches deliberately right mm-hmm. we've eschewed water resistance you know you're, you're not going to see any specs written on here it doesn't even say Thank three three one six l anywhere is on it three one six l but it 100 is oh my god, three one six l
0: it says everett made at the six o'clock <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> is this just on the prototypes or is that on the production <laughs> <Yes>. models <laughs> you know it doesn't say that i want to be super clear <laughs> there there were things we wanted and and you know you you get in the weeds on things um but at the end of the day i we just wanted to make a cool sexy wearable watch uh that wasn't going to take itself too seriously but also if you want to take it seriously it's there for it okay so let's let's now talk about the watch i thought we, <laughs> no, uh, we did that finally <laughs> uh <laughs>
0: What's it coming with? Like, what, what, if, if people are going to buy a 11 Atmos, what are they going to get? Are they going to get just a watch in an envelope wrapped in a clean sock? What's, what's it looking like? Dirty oh. sock.
2: Dirty yes. sock. Actually, that's not a bad idea.
3: There's, there's some, there's something there. As of right now, we still haven't confirmed that we're going to have packaging ever. Uh,
2: no, we have to. Actually, I <laughs> feel like this is one area where I had more of a hand and feel kind of good about it. Yeah, i kind of excited about our packaging. I think it's going to look really cool. We
3: we did work really hard on our packaging. It is the last piece. So we've got... So we can't launch
2: (laughs) (laughs) until (laughs) the packaging arrives.
3: We've got watches. We've got straps. So what what the... I know uh, you have watches. You have boxes of them sitting by your front door. (laughs) (laughs) Every single one of these is going to come on a bracelet and it will come with an FKM, like a Tropic-style rubber strap. This, These straps are not anything crazy right we literally wrote julong on alibaba the company that you know and love and said hey we love your fkm straps can you guys sign these brand these for us and they were like hell yeah we can and so we've got we've got straps that have been signed but but these are players right everybody knows these straps are good and and you know companies buy straps from them and sell them mm-hmm. for 35 40 dollars and we might we might do that ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh but every single one of these come with a bracelet, come with a strap. It'll come in a box, it's a paper box. They're really sexy. It was way harder than either one of us expected to get a box made for no, this No, but
2: I feel like the pack the, I want to talk about this a little bit. I'm excited about the packaging and here's why. Cuz we haven't talked about this much either about the kind of you know, the vibe of the brand, mm-hmm. right? You know, that we we you know, most brands land in some kind of different archetype that kind of appeals to people. And most watch companies are in a similar one. It's like, you know, like the king, the luxury. Everybody's going for luxury and cool. And we were like, we're just going to not take ourselves that seriously, right? We want to be like the everyman watch. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's, uh, it's a handsome watch, but it's fun and playful. So we want a packaging that looks cool. It's not, it's not just going to come a sock or like... And just even like a basic leather pouch or something like that. We wanted to have it in a nice presentation, but it's it's like cardboard. Well, mm-hmm. like hard cardboard, like paper cardboard. Yeah. But it's uh, it looks cool. It looks sleek, but it's simple. Kind of mm-hmm. says both at the same time. So I, that's... Uh, yeah, and so the strap, so it's coming with a black strap, but I think eventually we'll venture into other colors as well.
3: Yep yeah we 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 had played with a couple different color prototypes and and ultimately in the end of the day we thought for this first watch the black is is going to work
0: what are we looking at colorways for the dial on initial release
3: initial release we've got a black we've got a green and we've got orange and i think all three colors are those words are deceiving um the the black is actually a, a fairly dark charcoal. It's mm-hmm. not it's not jet black. Um and and it plays really well in the light. The, because of the acrylic. That's right. Yeah. yeah. The the green is sort of a like a hunter green, if you think like 90s Oregon ducks green. Mm-hmm. Uh and the color the color we were able to find for this is fantastic. It's got just a touch of shimmer, like mm-hmm. almost like a pearl to it. Super Joey Herring. Yes, mm. <laughs> Super Joe Harrington yeah, on the, the years, yeah, <laughs> and the orange. You know, we we've, we've played with a couple of different names. Um, I think we're probably going to settle on orange, but blood, <laughs> blood orange. You, you guys could hire out Seiko maybe for some
0: naming conventions for your
1: colors. We, that was <laughs> Black, the last green, item on orange. the agenda. We were pretty tired by that <laughs> point. <laughs> It uh, blood it's orange. Has been by the color of my eye when I was drunk and trying to see what color I could see. <laughs> uh,
3: That'd a, be a cool colorway—a blue with kind of like red bloodshot through it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, that's actually what Tudor thats <laughs> what Tutor did. They've got those red flecks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the blue uh, is pretty okay. The, the blue is okay. Um, yeah, so it's kind of a red orange, and same thing with the orange. There's just a touch of pearl in that and i mean it's really subtle will can confirm it's Mm -hmm. it's almost not there and in fact sometimes it's not there and then every once in a while you'll be like oh oh so i I didn't notice it until
1: it was i didn't notice it until it was under macro but that was in all studio lighting once i took one of them outside and i was like oh yeah that looks good
3: um and, and so yeah three colors the i i have a feeling that the orange is going to go pretty fast. I think mm-hmm. the green may also go pretty quick. I think we're going to have um, the charcoal or the black the longest. Uh, but w- w- we'll see. You know, we, we we may have these for we we may have these for thirty six hours. We may have them for a few weeks. We may have them for longer. We don't we don't know. <coughs> we, we've got our hopes and dreams. But are you guys comfortable discussing how many of each are available? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally. We made three hundred watches. So two hundred black, fifty green, fifty orange.
0: Okay. So get them while they're hot.
3: Yeah.
1: If I yeah, was going to get go one, fast. and this would be very shocking to Mike, our former senior writer, I would get the green.
0: And now fuck wad.
1: <laughs> Damn <laughs> it, Mike. Uh,
3: <laughs> the the greens. A, I think the greens a sleeper. I I actually when we w- we were originally going to do black and gray, and we played with two different grays.
0: I really man. liked both your gray prototypes did you really I really
3: like them but I'm also mm.
0: the most boring person you know
2: well I just felt like the first one looked like purple
0: it, it was a little purple and I yeah. like that but it's I'm again the most look the most boring person you know
2: no it's actually that's my favorite watch right there
3: a- oh. a- Andrew is wearing his
0: new I'm Santos, wearing a new which thing
2: I haven't talked yeah.
3: about I'm, I'm, I'm I've, hosting I've, it re- I realize at this point and I'll stop but
2: I know.
0: yeah mm. I uh last week my uh I my I got my uh, Santos acquisition in the mail, and I buckled it up when I was driving home from FedEx, mm-hmm. and then I put it on. Well, we can talk about it maybe next week, but you could you could make it your other, other thing for Please. this week.
1: I think we can make that okay. I'll approve. I,
0: I have a I have a I have a different other thing that I'm I'm actually pretty pleased <laughs> with. Um, so here we are. That side first. Uh. Uh, so, Foster watches. the uh, well, the name, what, what, what's with Foster? Neither of you are last named to Foster. Neither of you are Foster. Um, what's, what's that
3: about? Foster is a street in Portland. Foster is a street in Portland. It's a street that both Christian and I are from Portland. We both got, um, our roots in Portland. Um, and and Foster is this street on the east side of Portland, and it actually starts pretty far out. So it's it, deep. Foster's a, a yeah. Foster's deep Portland and it it doesn't it doesn't follow the grid Portland the east side of Portland is more or less a grid and Foster Road is from its very beginning a diagonal street so it doesn't follow the grid. it kind of does its own thing. It is incredibly multicultural. it's like um you, you know it increasingly got some hipster neighborhoods but there is in the 90s though
2: it's blue collar. Very, very blue, blue collar. Death.
3: There are great trades. There are, there are breweries. There are markets. There are furniture stores. There are taxidermists. It, it is shootings a, and <laughs> shootings.
0: carjackings. You just don't know what's gonna <laughs> happen on Foster Road.
3: But in some <laughs> in some ways, Foster really that neighborhood really made me who I am today. And um, when we were talking about brand names and. Just, you know, w- 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 the kind of things that you look at, I was like, you know, it, it sounds good. It's going to look good. It's, you know, if you, we're going to be able to write it out. It's going to look nice. And it just feels like such an important part of who I am and how I got here. And Christian was like, yeah, I feel it.
0: Um, I'm glad you considered that. And I know you would consider that what the brand name is going to look like in font on the dial of a watch. <laughs> there's a lot of brands out there that didn't consider that. <laughs> oh, or they maybe considered it after the fact, and like, oh fuck, how do we make this look good? We'll put a logo on, <laughs> or or something. But the the consideration, I think, speaks to the, I mean, the the true heart behind the design. That everything here was really painstakingly deliberate. So if you don't like it, you you inherently don't like the person who designed it. There was there was no like,
1: there was no ah, this works. It was it was all very very. I, I don't know, Andrew, er, everything from what Everett described about <clears throat> uh, Foster Road or Street, whatever it was, um, it, it sounds like it would just be a sub homage. I'm not sure how you guys <laughs> arrived at this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you're wrong, Will. I, I definitely don't think you're wrong.
3: It's it's more of an Invicta, one of the yeah. big, like, pearlescent Invictas, to be honest. Foster
0: is engraved on the side of the case. <laughs> Deep, too. Like, almost to the movement, so you're not going to be able to buff that shit out.
3: <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the story of Foster. Uh, and, and I think it's just, yeah, I think it's just one of those things that once we knew, we knew, and that's what it's been. Okay.
0: Where do people find you besides
3: Instagram? So Instagram at Foster Watch Code, that's probably the best way to find us right now. We've also uh, got a website, fosterwatches.com. We're deliberately restrained in our launch of the website, but I think in the next probably seven days or so, Mm -hmm. we're going to have some um, product information on there, uh, when they're going to be released, um, the 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 pricing and all we know all of that stuff right now. So so we're thinking November twenty fifth is going to be our launch date. Ooh, five hundred dollars is going to be our price. Like no sense, just five hundred money. Five zero zero point zero zero dollars package shipped to your front door. Uh y- y- yeah, so we haven't fi- so there may okay. be a shipping cost. We don't know that for sure. But, okay, but, that's why I'm asking. Um, five hundred dollars for the watch um and yeah that that's where we're at so in the next week or so uh fosterwatches.com
0: okay uh and and where will there be link tree to OnlyFans? <laughs> <laughs>
2: only fans everyone's the only one with an only fans account between the two of us
3: yeah so, we're still we're yeah. still working on on uh, you know incorporation and synergy there okay christian
1: that was so fast that i believe it yeah <laughs>
0: It was fast enough that it seemed like a, like a quick defense mechanism. Like, no, I don't want you on there.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, Not me. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? I mean, the the, the floor oh, is. I have something I want to. Yeah, throw. The, I the have questions for Everett.
2: Um, Everett. Some of the conversations we've had that were interesting <laughs> to me about this and the design elements. Where I remember a, a couple different points. You're like, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, and people are gonna hate it. You should talk about those moments. What are the design elements in here that you felt like were risky and that you felt like, I know that there's people that are going to push back on this and not like it?
3: Yeah, well, I think the most obvious one is the acrylic crystal. And we've already mm-hmm. talked about that a little bit. Some people aren't going to like that and for good reasons, right? Uh, yeah, super valid reasons. A, a sapphire crystal is you know, a modern marvel and there's <clears throat> there's a lot of good about a sapphire crystal there's something about having that on your on your watch you're not going to need to mess with it you can bash it into the door uh and it's fine it's fine it is a fantastic material uh so that's the first one right we we made that decision that was a decision um the other one like the handset so we went with a you know completely custom handset right We, we these aren't off the shelf I feel that's not a salesy. I I think that's a salesy thing to say, but I don't mean it like that. We picked these hands. Uh, these we were the them. hands drew them, literally. Um, and so this is what I'd call a baton handset with a stoplight second hand. Um, stoplight second hands, obviously something Seiko is very famous for. This is a a Seiko homage, within within a, a non-homage watch. Um it's my but these favorite baton type hands, of second hand it, it's it's gorgeous. with no balance. With no balance. It, it's gorgeous. It's self-balancing. Um and and these baton hands, you know, these are not these are not typical hands, but what they are is very 70s feeling to me. Mm-hmm. They're nice hands. These are not the nicest hands in the world nice hands cost a lot of money if you want a 500 watch with nice hands you're really struggling
0: it'll come with no movement
3: but they're very <laughs> good they're very good we got these and i thought these are better than i expected them to be they've got uh, they've got a bevel super s- gentle though super gentle uh they've got great loom um and i i mean the the whole package just the whole package just works right we drew it we knew what we wanted but that was one of the things i said you know people aren't going to like these hands and we've already had some people say i didn't know what i didn't know what to think about those hands they work but i didn't know what to think we had to make decisions if you're not making decisions if you're not making hard decisions then you're going to have a watch that is m- maybe boring and that's what we didn't want right so the lug-to-lug is a little long, but I really wanted to have some real estate underneath and above the bezel. And so with the way this H-Case works and that flat lug opening, we needed to increase the lug-to-lug a little bit. We think we compensate for that with the curve of the case. But for some people, this is going to be tough to wear. Debbie, for instance, tried it on It's said, it's a little too long for me on the lug-to-lug, Looked right? like
0: a Speedmaster on me.
3: But just, we knew yeah. what it needed to look like. And so the whole everything we did was a decision for that image so the hands the acrylic crystal um that very japanese marker set uh you, you know these are little things that we from the beginning knew we wanted to do and just had to decide and go with it even when we got negative feedback right uh you know i don't, I don't know about those hands i think you should consider something different Nope. This is this is this is the handset we want.
0: Have you had any commentary on the crown? Because it's a big crown, and it's like the it it is. I don't it think it's tends big. Towards it tends towards bigger than I would expect, well, but it's yeah. so good. You've got the prototype. That's actually, one of the things we changed. Yeah, oh, check it out. Yeah, I think I like the prototype crown better.
2: <laughs> Whoops.
3: <laughs> so
0: on our prototypes,
2: we
3: so it's a little bit piloty. The prototype yeah. crown is pretty long, and we ultimately changed that. I think we pulled a full millimeter and a half off of the crown, so uh, it fits better
0: on the production model. So I rescind my <laughs> statement as to whether or not you've gotten feedback. You clearly <laughs> did. We,
3: we did. It, we we knew immediately once we got it. Oh, the crown's a little too big. So um,
1: yeah, I, I like but, the size of the crown. It's it's well proportioned for how it fits into the side of the case. Yeah, it's perfect. It's good.
3: Yeah, but I mean, beyond that, right, there's there's nothing here. I mean, this is pretty unobjectionable, I think. It, it's it's just got a few little details, little quirks that are really calling back to a different time <coughs> that I think people are going to uh, object to is watch people, and so people will object. I will say we've got a 9, nine OS 5 here, no date, 9 OS 5. That's little things, right? We're, we we tried to do the little things right. Because
0: um, if you can do that, everything else clearly is. I,
3: I think so, Yep. If you can do those little things. So the, like you'll see the second hand goes all the way out to the end of the second track. The minute hand goes all the way to the minute track and the hour hand goes all the way to the hour markers, you know, little things that a non-watch designer like myself um, just knows by way of being in the market. We, we got those little things right, but we did make decisions that are going to be harder for some people to swallow. What, I have a
1: qu- I, I have a question for Christian. Have you turned into a watch person?
2: This is a funny thing. Uh, so we got going, and I got infected. I got, I got infected. I was reading stuff and looking at stuff and just diving in. And then Evan and I go golfing one day, and I'm talking about how much I'm into this. He's like, "You know what? I don't think you have the fever." And I got really offended. Like, what do you mean, man? That's Fuck like you. I do. Yeah, I was like, I, that's what I think about like all the time. He's like, no, nah, I don't think you do. And uh, you know what? I think he was right. I don't think I have the fever. I think I, I think I got momentary fever for like a good six to eight months, and it's slowly not as intense as it was. But, you got the flu. Uh, I got the off. flu. I know, <laughs> but it doesn't mean I'm not like fascinated by it and interested in it. Um, I also have had like a tumultuous uh, 18 months just in like business life and personal life and this has been like I keep telling myself we just kind of get to the finish line on this and then we're going to go. It's going to be great. So we're here. You didn't we're like like, claim I'm to see- watches
0: as your as your cornerstone I, of existence? I should have. It was like <laughs> this is my rock of salvation.
2: I didn't. Um, no, but it's uh, I, I would say that the, um, the love affair has started um, and I'm 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 very excited to be on this journey. I think the times I'm like I'm gonna just go out and forge this by myself. And I think you know lately it's been like I'm gonna cling on to Everett as he's doing this. And so it'll just be kind of a ebb and flow, and we'll just keep going deeper and deeper. I'm excited about it. <laughs> um, whatever. <laughs> okay. I'm We're in a way. way. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry.
0: Uh, let's <laughs> so let's hear about the watches that you have acquired i I want i'm interested in 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 your watch taste i I have an idea just based off of what you've been a part of with foster but let's let's hear about the about anything else you got
2: so i'm getting really hot now (laughs) well this is the thing this is also the thing that this is where i feel like uh i'm out of my depth right because i don't you guys can rattle off like the brands and like, like, particular year model well, numbers. Well, we have and an stuff. illness. I know. And so I'm like, oh my God, is that the bar? Is that the bar? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be at the bar. Uh, I have purchased two watches in okay. the last two years. I bought.
3: That's not true. You
0: have about 300 you have 300 watches, and for very, personal more use. Yeah. than any of us. And and
2: yeah. I did personally pay for way more for my Foster watch than anybody else will. So, <laughs> the, the prototype, if I'm wearing around. <laughs> so I have that, uh, and I have a Laurier, and and I have this Seiko that I bought off Amazon that I just thought was cool looking. I don't think it's even that great of a model of Seiko, but no, I just no, liked
3: so, it. Th- 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 listen, this is a th- so. Before Christian and I met, he had this watch, and it is a Seiko Five Sports All Black Murdered Out PVD dive watch. Yeah, it is. And I was like, "All right, you're go- you're okay by you, you, me. You know what you're doing.
0: This, I don't. This bu- I don't guy believe guy. that. Really I don't cool. believe that he has yeah, the flu
1: anymore. He he's got the fever, and he just doesn't know <laughs> yeah. it. He, he's, he's got a low grade fever right now, and it's about to go hardcore real quick." It's, it's just burning. <laughs>
2: wait, because right, this guy? Is this, wait, this wait, what COVID would, is? Is this watch COVID? <laughs> if he
3: would have come up to me and he's wearing like uh, you know, a L'Orier, uh, yeah, 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 you know, he he comes up to me and he's in a fucking murdered out Seiko Five Sports, and I'm like, all right, you're all right. You had to find that. That wasn't like, uh, what I want.
0: I want that one. It's like yeah. no, you had to look for that watch, and you're you found okay. that watch. You made a decision, and that you know you have the fever. That's okay okay right. you're in right. you, this is a safe place this, this is a safe i this appreciate this guys i appreciate where we, it. where we um you know
1: this is i think i'm gonna i think christian would really enjoy some Formex models
3: oh
1: yeah yeah, yeah. I, what do you think i've in got in a essence? good i've got a good feeling about that you don't like it yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. You're, uh, you're you're making him feel like you know, the watch that ever did you, has ever showed you the watch he got. No, he, he had, this no. is so Christian's been traveling, so we oh, have okay, so just seen each other for the first time in like a month. Yeah, about an hour and a half ago.
2: Then, so.
0: then never mind. So ever acquired a watch last two two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I was wondering what you thought about it. I'll I show it to him, it. him when we go he, back. He, he very is, much like the Santos movie. that I just handed him.
2: Oh yeah, no, no no, that is actually the watch that when I ever can afford a really nice watch that's. That's the one I want to get. Is that the slimmer one or the the, the the medium? Yeah, Yeah. the medium.
0: It's the it's the little one. Oh man, are you happy with that choice? Are you happy with that choice? Is that right size? That's the right size. Yeah, yeah. The large is way too big for dudes. Interestingly, Mm. on the Cartier website, the medium falls into their women's watches. But when I put on the large, I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. But when I watched Kenzie put on the large, I was like, "That makes sense." I don't
2: fully understand that. There is something really cool about a woman in an oversized watch. Mm-hmm. Like that's a that's a pretty baller move. And by cool, man, we did we
1: not have that like conversation in New York? Super sexy.
2: Yeah, we had it. Mean, yeah, so yeah. but
1: also I saw
0: I saw Frank put on the large, and it was just a, like maybe three links too big, <laughs> and it was just a, like eighties banker on his wrist, and I was also <laughs> kind of aroused. So I'm not 100 percent sure <laughs> what was happening there. Um, something was big. Yeah, yeah. something was happening. <laughs> Uh, so uh, moving on, future of Foster. So um, I understand and believe that you guys have plans beyond the 11 Atmos. Um, what can we look forward to? When can we perhaps look forward
3: to some teasing of those things?
2: Yeah. When well, are going to do another 11 Atmos? Isn't that the plan? Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, so 11 Atmos is a line. So this is Foster's entry-level line. And so we've got plans right now for an 11 Atmos, in, in addition to the Skin Diver, for an 11 Atmos field watch. We've got the drawings. We are just about to pull the trigger on prototyping for that. So that's coming. We obviously have some trepidation about this launch. Mm-hmm. And so before we get too deep into that, we need, to, we need to understand the realities of our market, our opportunity to sell watches. But almost certainly... The next watch will be a skin diver unclear yet if we're going to or excuse me, a field watch unclear yet if we're going to order more skin divers or if we're going to immediately roll into the field watch. And then beyond that, we do have plans for a quote unquote pro diver. Mm-hmm. Um, those are a, a little bit less flushed out, um, but we have top
0: beyond plans.
3: No tourbillon plans, okay. but we have <laughs> talked to our manufacturing partners about probably like a ten millimeter, two hundred meter, full on, no shit ceramic bezel dive watch. So that's I mean, realistically we're
0: that's years in the future, but this is these we're, we're are the playoffs. This that. is what Foster right. is looking to do. That's right.
2: Well, we are looking to do another round of this with, you know, whatever kind of Points we might want to change for future yeah. rounds, but also with different colorways and different things we want to try out. Yeah,
3: that's right. So, yeah. so more skin divers, a field watch, and we've we've got some pretty fun colors that we're floating for the field watch. So, um, I I would expect the field watch to get a little bit more uh, silly. We've got some purples uh, that we've that we're looking at. We've got some colors, but Do we've also got Sarah some coat. traditional. Uh, no not 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 presently but something something to look at um but yeah so so right now we're we're hyper focused on on the watch in front of us but there there are other things happening too awesome
0: well you got anything else for him
1: no i'm just excited for you guys to launch this um i think i'm i'm in the rare company to have seen all three dials uh production models too I really like them. I really enjoyed photographing them. I think anybody, you know, especially in the, the Instagram watch community that gets a hold of them, they're going to take pictures of them. You guys are going to love it. Um, guys and gals are going to love it, but anybody else who's listening to this podcast and you have questions about this watch, if you don't want to hear the, the brand owner's opinion of it, I am more than happy to give you an objective opinion of it because I do not have a vested interest in this watch. So, um, more than happy to, to talk to anybody who wants to hear about it
0: thanks will right, and are you gonna be publishing a review on these
1: so because of the obvious conflict of interest uh, we're gonna do similar to you know what like worn and wound does with their um collaborations that they do it won't be a review it'll mm-hmm. just be a you know here's the watch here's what's cool about it here's what we like here's some you know pictures that that we've taken um so, so there'll in- photos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there'll be some info up on the website about it.
3: Cuckoo, cuckoo, foster boys. Anything else you want to add?
2: I don't think so. All I'm,
3: right. I'm so, I'm so happy that you guys had us.
2: Yeah, no, this has been a lot of fun. Actually, this is also my first podcast ever,
3: like ever in any context. In any context, I'm
2: fascinated by it. all of this. Is like, oh, this is what it's like. We're to just be on the podcast,
3: drinking
0: beer in my office. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Yeah. No, I mean,
2: it's like you end up in your head way more than you uh, ought to be when you're doing this for the first time.
1: Christian, I was right there with you. And then uh, it was the first time I ever did a podcast with these two guys. And then we joined up. So Yahoo. There you
2: go. Yeah. Yeah, And me and Everett
0: have just a totally unwarranted and unbridled confidence in ourselves to To do shit we have no business doing so (laughs) i'm always i'm always
2: very jealous of people like that
0: (laughs) it has its hazards
1: (laughs) will you got another thing i do we got an interesting do me so i've been i will later um i've been down this road of nostalgia i guess and i was like what I feel like I should play like the games that I used to play back in the in the 90s and early 2000s, that kind of stuff. And so I went down the the emulation rabbit hole and a lot of it I I went down when I had COVID and I was in bed for a couple days. But I stumbled upon a little device. It is called the Myu M-I-Y-O-O Pocket Mini. And it's a little it looks like a Game Boy. It's got that form factor and the screen size, all kind of thing. But it's able to play everything up from NES to PlayStation 1. And you just load. Yeah, it's crazy. You load your games on there and you can play anything you want from any of those systems. Zero hiccups on a little full color HD screen. And it is the coolest thing that I think I've ever bought. And I think it was when I bought it a couple months ago, I think it was like. Seventy bucks wasn't expensive. This, this says sixty
0: right now from Amazon. Yeah,
1: that might be right. Um, yeah, with shipping and stuff. Because I got it from, I had to get it from China or wherever they manufacture it. But um, it is super easy to set up. Super easy to use. The games look great on it. Um, I just went on a work trip last month, and I took it, and I ended up playing NHL '94 for the entire. <laughs> Four and a half hour plane trip, (laughs) so I mean, if you love playing old games and stuff, and you don't want to deal with a whole bunch of garbage, and you want to, you know, live that nostalgia, um, these things are really cool. And there's, I discovered there's a whole there's like a watch culture. There's a whole culture of emulation people that there's all different devices. So watch out, but this is an easy way to get into it.
0: Uh, How do you get games, and then how do you get the games onto that handheld?
1: Uh, so legally, I must say that you should own the games that you're emulating, um, but there are many ways to get is it them. Wi-Fi that is, enabled? Uh, no, you have to do it all through your SD card. It comes a little okay. micro SD card. If you Google how to get emulated games, it is very easy.
0: Okay, I don't know. I'm I'm not a smart man, so I don't I don't know. It's,
1: kind of stuff. it's 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 Andrew proof is what they said on the website. Boom time.
0: I'm intrigued. Everett Christian,
2: who wants to go first?
3: I think Christian should go first cuz he's got a good one. I'm actually excited <laughs> about this one. Let's have it. Wait, can
2: we Is there a name for this segment of the show?
3: Yeah, it's the, the name of the segment is Other Things These We Other Like. Things,
2: yeah. Oh, Other Things We Like. Okay, so I I I was in that conference in Miami this week and I flew home. Um I almost never do this. I either like sleep on planes or I read, but I didn't, I was too tired to read, but I was stuck between these two people that seemed rather unpleasant and I just was not able to fall asleep.
0: Did they like know each other? No. okay.
2: But like the one room, like this is the thing, like she was rude for no reason to the, like the flight attendant. That's a bad sign. Right. And she also like spilled some of her salad on me and stuff. And I'm like, what? She just was like, seems super annoying. Right. Like with that cheese smell, I'm like, someone threw up. I'm like, oh no, it's her salad. So, um, Ugh. and it's a long flight but it's six hours and like halfway through I'm like forget it
1: I'm gonna watch a movie and Christian's I never do other this, thing but- is sleeping pills yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You're laughs> Ambien if you're unfamiliar <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is this segment brought to you by um, and so I I uh, I flip on you know the free movie thing and I'm like oh I've heard of that this uh, everything everywhere all at once movie I'll check that out I was blown away. I was floored. It was amazing. Um, I had no idea what I was going to get into, which is always fun to start a movie. You've not really, you've just heard Mm -hmm. the name, but you don't know. Um, Yeah. And I think maybe what was so interesting and profound for watching this for me was that I've been on this weird personal development journey this last year that I didn't intend to take, but things just keep shifting and happening. And I ended up doing. like a guided psilocybin trip this last summer for the first never had done anything like that before. And it was like totally impactful, amazing experience. Um, and then stuff following up on this just kind of keeps happening and subconscious work and all this, cra- like I flew to Maryland a couple of weeks ago to spend two days with this guy who does this like deep subconscious trauma therapy work. And So I'm watching this thing and I'm like, holy shit, this is like being on a mushroom trip. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm watching this lady take a mushroom trip um, and dealing with like all the same shit. I mean, I felt like the messaging the film like was like, this is the stuff I've been learning. Um, How to just be like all the bullshit in your life that just weighs you down and just be like, no. Like I'm done. I came home from my trip to Maryland and I printed out that picture, uh, like a still from The Matrix with Neo with the bullets, yeah. and just just putting his hand, just like <laughs> saying stopping no, stopping the bullets, just no, no, <laughs> right? And uh, and how it really, and then I've had this deep, profound sense over the last couple months about how important my wife and children are and how much I haven't been prioritizing them. Um, and that got really reemphasized in this trip to Miami and. And that was like the whole thing. That's like the whole point of the thing. Is like all it boils down to, like what matters most. All this stuff is really about what's right here with you, and that I choose you, and that I love you. And I don't know. I was like between these unpleasant people that the train, you know, laughing or bawling. It was like and, one of on the a two.
0: Fucking airplane. <laughs>
2: yeah. Like, God. What and and I, I had <laughs> slept maybe like seven hours in the previous five days, so I was already delirious. But it was. It was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> you know, I think this
3: was my other thing about two months ago, right after I watched it, and in my experience was the same, less less articulate than yours, but just like crying at points. And you know, there's this scene in the third act where I think she's talking to her daughter, and they're they're fighting, and she's told her daughter that she's getting fat, and the daughter cries. It's this big point in the movie, and then as they come back together, she's. You know, yeah. Actually, you are getting fat, but I still love you. Right. You know, it's like that's an observation. That's a judgment. Such such like a human movie, and it's unapologetically human, and the you know unapologetic about the flaws of the humanity. Uh, I loved it. I think it's such a good movie. I think one of my favorite movies of all time.
2: I I would say so as well. And here's the other kind of fun thing: is that I'm listening to it, and there's several points where you don't always hear soundtracks in films like it's like background noise but there was a couple of points i'm like is this is this sunlux which is one of my favorite bands Do you guys know them sunlux nope Mm-mm. super weird totally fits the vibe of the film and uh and there's the, they put this album out called rising like like 2008 or something like that and i first heard, i was like the first track first time i heard it i was like what in the hell is this i love this and um there's this song on there called chase and it's the whole uh, chorus is Will You Chase or Let Me Go, which is what the whole movie's about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I was like, and the refrain from that song shows up in the soundtrack. So it's like I kind of like this whole so I've like loved that song for like 15 years and this movie was basically like this extended meditation on that song. So it was awesome. I Just was like hit. I was like, this is like well then the other line in the movie too is like every moment in your life every disappointment, everything that he's like has led to this place where you are right now. That also hit me really hard. Yeah. So yeah, good it pick. was good stuff. Good, good stuff. pick.
3: I'm glad that we got to talk about it again on the show. Cause it's such a good movie. I can't imagine
0: having all of those emotions on an airplane between. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be just, I'm glad it worked, man. Cause I just, I can't imagine being more uncomfortable. I hate, I yeah, hate Everett flew with me for the first time and, I'm not a great flyer.
2: I you know what? You know what I think made things worse about this unpleasant lady? I know I'm going on too long here, but no, she deserves it. Was the guy that she was so rude to cause the Wi-Fi didn't work and she was so put out that the Wi-Fi didn't work was this this old flight attendant who looked just like Brian Cranston. And I'm like, how are you being rude to (laughs) Brian Cranston? (laughs) And he was so nice trying to diffuse her. You're on an
0: airplane. (laughs) Wi-Fi is a miracle. Yeah. Anyway, never mind that you're on an airplane.
1: Get over it. And like the flight attendant can fix it.
2: And then she left like wrappers all over the floor. I'm like, oh, you what? Who? What is your deal? That's Human the trash. lady who like
0: eats peanuts in a restaurant that doesn't provide them and drops the peanut <laughs> shells on the floor.
2: This isn't the roadhouse. Yeah. Well, it is now. <laughs> I brought my own. Thank you.
3: <laughs> well, Everett, I've got another thing. Do me. So I. Uh, so so first, this is not my other thing, but I just I I didn't have a chance to be part of the the how you doing at the beginning of the... I I had all my shit stolen this week.
0: You did. Uh, I had my
3: wallet, my cell phone, my keys, and all of my disc golf stuff stolen on a disc golf course. No,
0: no, no, no. Not on a disc golf course. There is disc golf played there. That is like transient fantasy land (laughs) (laughs) that is property criminal hideaway i cannot tell you how many times i have been a part of a multi-agency law enforcement response with canines drones dozens of police officers hunting for human people in that 25 acre tract
2: all right, fair, fair enough. So, so I assume now, based on that, we're talking about Westmoreland. Is that-
0: no, 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 no. That, oh. that one's easy. Stewart, oh. Westmoreland's super clean. <laughs> BLM land, Stewart Pond. Yeah. So
3: oh. I, uh, so I yeeted a, a disc over a little creek, as you do sometimes. And you know these discs. It's not like a golf ball. It's not like oh, okay, I'll move on. It's like well, that's a twenty dollars disc. I should go over and try to find it. So take a drop. <laughs> I <laughs> I stashed my bag in the bush which it, it was raining and so there was no one else on there. I mean nobody there was nobody out there I shove my disk in my bag in the in the bush I run across the creek I run down to where my disk is grab my disc come back I am gone 90 seconds at the most I come back my bag isn't there I'm like did I put it somewhere else so I walk down to the to the next place it's, it's totally gone so here I am on a disc golf course. I'm wearing like a, a, a short sleeve rain jacket, shorts. It's getting cold. It's starting to get dark. Uh, rain really is picking up right at this time. Uh, and it's just me and a single disc in my hand that I've retrieved from the other side of the creek. And so I, I go you up did to get the disc, though. I, go, so I good, did. I did. I go no up to the highway. No drop needed. I'm like trying to flag down a car for like 20 minutes. And I, in that area... People are not stopping Nobody's for a stop. dude flagging somebody down. So, so, so I Hold finally get somebody disc. to stop. I, I, I text my I text my wife. I'm like, everything's fucked. I need you to text Andrew. Uh, me,
0: meanwhile, she called me as I was pulling through the secure gate into work. Yeah, so he, I was I went to
3: work early that day. He's no help. He's no help because he's working. Any anyway, that's that's not my other thing. So. This weekend, I have I have bought a new phone. iPhone 14 Plus. Very nice. Not my other thing. Uh, not Plus, 14 Pro. Yeah. Not my other thing. But I downloaded... In all of this, I downloaded a podcast. And it was just like trying to get my... It, it, I don't have a driver's license. I don't have any credit cards. Christian's loaning me money. Uh, <laughs> uh, He's I'm selling watches off the books. <laughs> <laughs> I downloaded a podcast. I downloaded a podcast. And... It is uh, a podcast we've talked about on the show before. You're wrong about. Mm-hmm. So this is a podcast, I, I think it's roughly out of Oregon, but they talk about things, stories that you think you know, and they tell you the real story. So they did the Challenger mission, mm-hmm. and they've done like satanic panics and um, uh, m- m- moral outrage, yada, yada, yada. So they they've done a lot of cool stuff they did i think not really a political or controversial episode as some of them are but they did the story of the movie and book alive which is these Chilean rugby players who are on an airplane and they crash in the andes um and blair they have a guest host for this blair braverman who is like a writer a journalist and she was also on that show naked and afraid so someone i was kind of familiar with before um, yeah. before I listen to this, but she has studied this and she tells this story and this is one of the best hour-long podcasts I think I've ever listened to in my life. That story, I mean, first, the story is just so crazy and I think we all know of that story is like a cannibalism story, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Sort of the depravity of human humanity when, when things are hard and they say this on the show, right? This is not the story of the depravity of humanity. This is the story of how amazing human beings can be when shit's hard um gosh i'll tell you i listened to this thing i'm you know it's like it's like the movie right i was i cried at certain points listening to this i like laughed out loud by myself that's a good laugh um it is i know the story roughly um and, well, and, thought, and they didn't they didn't do a lot of like you're wrong but some of it is is that classic you're wrong about ism um but it's really just telling the story in a little bit different voice oh my gosh one of the greatest podcast episodes i've ever listened to in my life i totally recommend it please listen to it super good uh the episode is called
1: the episode is called survival in the andes with blair braverman you just didn't laugh you didn't laugh during the part where they started eating each other right he just watched
0: <laughs> Dahmer. He watched the entire Dahmer series on our flights to and from New York, so he has an interesting
3: view right now. Yeah, that's right. It <laughs> that all makes sense. <laughs> Andrew, is it okay if I do this? Andrew, other things. What do you got?
0: I got another thing. So I, uh, as as you guys know, I spend a lot of time in the in the outdoors, and something that I re- have realized over the last couple of years. I have like limited to no knowledge or confidence in uh like plant and vegetation identification. So I got this book recently Botany. called Mushrooming Without Fear. And it's a whole book on identification and like, a, like a, a, a eight rules of identifying and typing and determining edibility of mushrooms. And it's meant to be a field guide. It's not a field guide-sized book. But it's meant to be like, hey, here's these eight rules. Write them on a piece of paper. Follow these eight rules. Bring your mushrooms back to this book. And then determine if you should eat them or not. And it's a cool Look. so for anybody who, as like, spends time in the outdoors and sees mushrooms and are, like, just inherently scared of mushrooms because you don't want to be, like, the guy from, oh, what's the Alaska movie? Into the Into Wild. Into the Wild. Yeah, yeah. That guy. Yeah, that, that fella who, I mean, it wasn't mushrooms that killed him, but you don't want to be that guy. <laughs> Potato Roots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is, it's been an interesting book. I haven't yet tested it because the mushrooms still kind of scare me. But uh, <laughs> every time I've read through this book, it's a fairly short read. It's a couple hundred pages, but it's also field guide, a couple hundred pages, so or 150-ish pages. So it's, you, you don't have to read every page in depth. It's like big sweeping ideas with the kind of drill down as you get closer to the bottom of the page. It's, it's intriguing. It's by a fellow named Alexander Schwab, who uh, it, that's his only book. But his rules seem to be really reasonable. The photography is nice. The The rules are like very cut and dry. It's not like you. Yeah. It, worth looking into if you're somebody who cares about perhaps picking mushrooms while you're already outside. So cool. did you eat any? No, I, I have yet to use it because I am still scared of mushrooms. I don't blame you. I'd be scared too. Yeah. If they didn't come from the grocery store or restaurant, a hard pass for me still. I feel like they always have them at the
3: store too. Yeah.
0: No, I've I've never been to the grocery store and not <laughs> found mushrooms. But you know, like I, I would like to, you know, try my hand at morel hunting and well in Oregon, yeah.
3: We've we've got gray mushrooms. Gray yeah. And, mushrooms. I, and
0: recently I was out and I saw what that turkey tail mushrooms, I think is their colloquialism. And I was like, I believe that you can eat those. I've seen people eat them.
2: There's only you, one way to find out. But uh, I mean, I'm not going to. i walked walk <laughs> right by them, bitches. Yeah. You
1: could evolve into uh, Nicolas Cage from the movie Pig and become a truffle hunter. Yeah. 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 That was also, also in Oregon.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I haven't seen that yet, but that looks really good. Dude, so oh, it's, it's, it's such it's a good movie. It's, yeah. It's really yeah, good. It's like really perfectly good.
3: Nick Cage. It, mm-hmm. It's the it's the best role that he's played in 20 years. Yeah. So, yeah, gentlemen, agree. I I really did try to keep us uh at our normal length but the problem
0: is that we had more to talk about today (laughs) so thank you everyone out there for joining us for this especially long episode of 40 and 20 the watch clicker podcast thanks will for coming to co-host with me thank you christian and everett for joining us if you want to support the show, and we really hope you do, please check us out at 40 and 20 or patreon.com slash 40 and 20. That's where we get all of our support to make all of this possible. If you want to check us out online, check us out at watchclicker.com. That's where all of our reviews are, articles are. Every episode of this podcast is also published there. You can also check us out on Instagram at WatchClicker. 40 and 20s. Instagram is kinda <laughs> We're, we're, it's, de- it's delayed by we'll everett's we'll uh, by, by everett's experience this week but it'll be back don't worry please check out foster at fosterwatchco instagram and foster watches fosterwatches.com on the internet and please tune back in next thursday for another hour of watches food drinks life and other things we like bye-bye